Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a jam-packed show for you this week. The Ducks played three games since the trade deadline. They won two out of three of those. We're also going to talk a little bit about how the newcomers have done uh, so far in these three games. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up with our league news. If you didn't catch all the trade deadline action, we did that in our last podcast where we kind of changed things up. We pretty much focused on on the trades and where we thought the Ducks were going to go. So if you haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to it. But this week, we're back to our regular format and we're going to start with the first game after the trade deadline, Eddie. The Anaheim Ducks took on the uh, Edmonton Oilers, and they ended up winning this game in overtime, 4-3. to three. Ducks came out strong on this one. Sonny Milano, newly acquired, got the first goal. Nick Delorier, what the hell? This guy fights? No, he can score goals too. He got one. The Ducks jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. Edmonton came back, tied it up. Uh, Henrique then scored, and, and then Edmonton scored again. A good battle, and then Milano capped it off with a win. So the Ducks come out of the trade deadline with a win, Eddie, against the Edmonton Oilers. What did you think about this game? It was a pretty exciting contest. I think you forgot to mention one of the most important aspects of our show is, uh, what are you drinking right now? <laughs> that is night? true. That is I, for, I, I, I did forget that. You're get... right. So I'm having a Moscow Mule right now. What are you drinking, Eddie? I think you can officially rename that drink to the Timu Solani drink because I know he drinks those a lot. I'm drinking a Mango Cart from Golden Road Brewery. I, I've been in this flavor motion for the last few years now. I mean, I do like like some bitter beer, like St. Pauli Girl, Guinness. I'll take that. Uh, Cold Snap by Sam Adams. That's my always go-to, but they didn't have it at the liquor store, so... I'm settling for this. Not settling, but it's still good. But that's what I'm drinking. So cheers to everyone listening and cheers uh, to you, Mike. Take one for me. I'll take one right now. And like you said, we'll, we'll go on with the show uh, as far as the games go and Edmonton and the Ducks. What did you think, Eddie? I loved it. I loved the energy from all the new guys. They each play like they had something to prove. Like, okay, I, I'm going to show the team that traded me. Like, you know, I'm going to show them they made a mistake. But I'm also going to prove to the Ducks and prove them like, hey, you made a good call by trading for me. It just, the Ducks seem energized. They seem faster, rejuvenated, and I loved it. It's just the speed of the game, uh, them keeping up with, with a really, really good team. They have McDavid and Dreisaitl are arguably the, the top five, not, you know, top five players of the world. Like, Dreisaitl is sometimes underrated. He's just a phenomenal player, and they were able to squeeze out a win. And, of course, you had the Edmonton Oilers fans cry, cry, cry. It's it sounds like an old country song. I bet you, that, I think Johnny Cash sang a song called Cry, Cry, Cry. I think he went in a time machine and, and was an Ed, like went to Edmonton for a game. Like I, it just, I don't know why they keep crying all the time, but our new guy, Always Sunny in Anaheim, <laughs> they've been calling him, he came out firing. He's a little pest. He's just like, he's like a magnet to the puck, uh, like a fly on shit. He just, everywhere that puck is, he's flying over there. He's just really tenacious, and he got rewarded. With, with two goals this game, including the the overtime winner. So it's, it's what a way to welcome yourself to Anaheim. And I really, 
think that just that first game, you can all, like already see the, the differences and the dividends it paid. And I think just that first game compared to Shores, uh, the games he's played in Anaheim, I think this one tops it all. And I think he's more of a skilled player, and I think he will have a lot more success in Anaheim. You know, the funny thing was, we, my wife and I showed up to the game, and I tweeted this out uh, in case you didn't see it, but we showed up, and so... We got there early, you know, do the warm-ups and see who's out there and everything like that. The game was underway, and she's asking me about the new players, which numbers they're wearing, you know, who's where and whatnot. And I'm cracking up because 22 is one of my lucky numbers. And, of course, Milano's wearing 22. So we're talking and pointing out all these people, and I'm like, oh, I really like this Milano kid. I think he's going to do good. And then I kid you not, like 30 seconds later, he scored that first goal. I was cracking up. I couldn't believe it. And she's just like, oh, see, you talk good about him. There you go. And then in the overtime, he draws that penalty. The Ducks go on the power play. They decide to put him back out there. And I go, oh, you know, honey, it would be funny if he scores the game-winning goal here on the power play. And then sure as shit, again, 30, 40 seconds later, he scores the game-winning goal. So I was cracking up. During this game, uh, just the way things were going and and the way the Ducks played, it overall it was a great experience. Of course, for us and the Ducks winning coming out of the trade deadline, you see these new guys playing. We're going to kind of summarize how all of the players did in our middle segment. But in this game, they did well. And then I looked the next day, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody from the professional media on Edmonton was crying about Milano in the overtime, saying that he took a dive. And that McDavid shouldn't have got, you know, the penalty. And then it was, well, he should have got the penalty, but there should have been a dive. And there was all kinds of discussion going on. And I saw other accounts like ours that cover Edmonton. And they were all upset, too, about the overtime. So I put out a poll question uh, on the Puck Network Twitter. And basically the vote said 80% of you voted that it should have been a penalty against McDavid. And that's it. And then twenty, a little less than 20% said it should have either been... A penalty and a dive, or it should have been no call at all. So, I mean, I don't know why they're crying. Getzloff was called for a penalty earlier in the game when he barely even touched McDavid. And, I mean, that to me was a ridiculous call. So, I thought it was the right call in overtime. I felt like it was a penalty. I don't think Milano really dived because McDavid hit his hand and then it went on his thigh while he was trying to skate. So, I thought it was the right call. I'm glad that he drew the penalty, and I'm glad that... Aikens put him out there on the power play and he scored the game winner. So to me, I think the Edmonton fans need to just be quiet and take the, the L. You know, they still got a point in overtime and they still have a chance at the playoffs. So other than that, I, I think they need to take a chill pill, Eddie. I think it was the right call and I thought the Ducks played pretty well in this game. Really dominant in the beginning. They laid off the gas a little bit, but were still able to pull it off in overtime. Yeah, and I, I agree with you too. I think it was the right call. The, the the right call on the ice was made. It just I don't understand with, with Edmonton and their fans. Like, yeah, I I get it. They're our dedicated fan base, and I'm pretty sure that they're one of the top fan bases in the league. But it's just everything. Every time the team loses, it's just you just hear mistakes and them complaining and bitching and crying. And it wasn't their fault. The refs screwed them. They did this. They did that. Uh, the Ducks, when they played in the playoffs, I think the Ducks were one of the most penalized teams in the season. And right away, they're crying about, oh, the Ducks paid off the refs, this and that. It's just like, take the loss. Your team got beat. It happens in hockey. Like, I, I don't know what's, what's wrong with some of their, their fans. And they're just, it's just constantly crying. 
the team and go 82 and 0 and they they better not be squ- get scored on cuz they're going to start crying about that too. You guys got beat, you guys got outplayed. Uh, that overtime goal was amazing. I love the transition between Henrique and Milano. They just they just swapped at the perfect time. The pass goes to Henrique, he just throws it to Milano and the rest is history. It was a beautiful play and, and it all stemmed from the uh, right call on the ice of, of that not not diving, it just the, the right call on McDavid against him. It's one of those things that they still get a point. They're still in a playoff hunt. I just you lost the game fair and square. Stop crying about it. Stop crying about the, the goalie interference a few years ago because I they still bring that up and cry about that. It's like man, get over it. It's hockey. Sometimes you have good days. Sometimes you have bad days. Once we uh once we get talking about the New Jersey Devil game, you're gonna know what exactly we're talking about losing to a team that we shouldn't have. Yeah, lost I mean, to. You go to Edmonton and say uh, come back on Catella, and you'll probably get you'll probably get oh, beat no. down. So you know the next thing that or or say Ryan Kessler, that's probably a dirty word in Edmonton. So a good game overall for the Ducks. They start out strong. They let Edmonton get back into it, and they're able to pull it out in the end. The bad thing about this game, Eddie, is Lindholm got hurt. He got tangled up in the corner, went into the boards. And no one knew anything about what was going on other than he was out of the game. Nobody said anything. The Ducks still haven't said anything. But thanks to our Swedish media friends uh, that were there at the game, they put out an article, which I put out an article referencing theirs as well, talking about uh, after the play. Lindholm said that he felt sore in his shoulder and his back. Didn't think anything was broken, which is a good sign. He wasn't really sure about how he got tangled up. Said he was a little bit out of breath. So to me, it looks like he avoided a major injury. Thank God. He hasn't played since then, obviously, which has been unfortunate. But he's also not on the IR. And I, I think that's the good thing at all this, Eddie. He talked about you know the wind kind of being knocked out of him, I think. It might have been the possibility here. My only concern is he did have surgery on that left shoulder a few years back so hopefully he just didn't strain it Uh, maybe that's the only thing instead uh, you know he didn't get uh, anything separated or broken bones or anything like that so he's been out but at least from what the Swedish media told us it doesn't look like it's anything severe Eddie oh that's always good you definitely don't want to lose a guy like Lindholm um yeah, this season's not going to go where we want, and it's going to likely it's going to end in, in come April, the last game. But you definitely don't want to see him having to battle through another injury and having that recovery time. I want him to be, uh, you know, healed and and fresh and finish out the season as strong as he can. Take the off season to reflect, and then also to stop worrying about hockey and have a great off season. Uh, just have fun and do. And think about other things besides hockey. Come back training camp and be ready to play and be ready to compete again. So that's really good that it wasn't anything serious. It looked really bad seeing that replay, watching it over and over again. I'm just getting uh, even more like, damn, no, that's something serious. But I'm glad it's nothing too serious. And hopefully he comes back. And like I said, he just finishes the season strong, goes in the off season, and, and just you know kind of reset his mind and come back next season refreshed. So that's always uh, good news. Yeah, you know, when you see a player go down like that. Yeah, and then we also learned too from Bob Murray that Good Branson and Fowler were both going to be out for two weeks. Fowler has the lower body injury. Good Branson has the upper body injury. He's also still on the IR. So the Ducks ended up bringing up Brandon Gooley, uh, excuse me, Brendan Gooley, and then they played uh, Pittsburgh, another game where we're like, okay, the Penguins are struggling, but. 
are how they're going to do against Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh usually has her number. And this was a wild contest that he, that the Ducks ended up winning this one. The uh, they started out, you know, with a, a goal by Heinen, another newcomer, right? Getting one for the Ducks. Jason Zucker, who was recently traded to Pittsburgh, ended up getting a, a couple goals in this game to help out uh, the Penguins. And Gooley, who was called up, got a goal as well in this one. So it was a wild game. Uh, the second period was like ridiculously crazy. The Ducks like went nuts. I, I don't know what was going on because the first period they were outshot ten to two, looked kind of okay. Second period they they go nuts and, and put on fifteen shots on goal. And they're going crazy until probably towards the end of the period when Pittsburgh rallied there. But this was an exciting game, Eddie. And for the Ducks to beat the Penguins, it's always huge. Yeah, this was another fun one to watch. And it just, I want to call this the, the pinball game because Heinen's first goal was like pinballed off two Penguins players before it went in. And then Gooley's goal when he scored it deflected off a Penguins player, went to him, he shot it, and it deflected off another Penguins player to go in the net. So it's just like two ping-pong kind of style goals that went in. And it, it was good to see. I, I think what people did, I think the what the Pittsburgh Penguins did wrong in this game, and the refs did, that they, we used to call it poke the pair, but we could call it poke the Gets <laughs> now. You, you get Gets off pissed off and fired up. He seems to just go to that, that next level. Like It sheds like five or six years off his age, and he just shows that flashes of greatness of why he's a superstar in the league and how the elite player he is and, or was, or, and he still is. He still plays at that high level despite his age. Uh, he goes and scores that uh, that power play goal. It's just, just amazing. And, of course, you have Crosby. And I, I respect Crosby for being I, – I'd call him the best player in the world. You know, everything he's accomplished – uh, on in the NHL, uh, the the gold medals and just what he does, he just he seems to just cry. He gets that nickname, you know, crybaby Crosby. Like I don't know why, dude. You're such a talented player. You don't have to sit there and bitch and cry it, the whole time. Like I know one of the fans on, on our Ducks and Puck social media referred to him as a baby back bitch. Like Crosby, you don't have to be a McAsshole <laughs> all the time. Like dude, just. It calls don't go your way. Sometimes the puck doesn't bounce your way. It's all part of the game. And you're sitting there just having sidebars with the ref every chance you get. The videos are all right there. People are retweeting that they see that. Dude, you're a superstar in this league, and and you are are, are what is NHL. You know, people that don't even probably follow NHL know who sit like the Sidney Crosby's and the Ovechkins are. And, you know, they know the players like this. Like, you don't have to cry that much. And it just came back and bit them in the ass. Like, he was focused more on, on crying or Malkin slamming a stick on the board. It just came back. Their frustrations uh, came back. And the Ducks exploited that and ended up beating this team. Yeah, they came back and beat this team. I think if the Penguins would have just focused on playing their game, they could have got out that slump there. And I believe it was like a five-game consecutive losing slump they, they're coming in with. Losing to the Kings, too, which is probably not a good thing. They probably spent the time at Disneyland thinking these teams are in last place. But it just it's frustrating to see a player of his caliber sit there and cry the whole time. And the only thing positive I can say about the Penguins is uh, their new league acquisition of Zucker. He's been playing pretty decent. He's been playing some good hockey. He has uh, two. He scored two goals in this game, but he's just he, he, it seems like that mold and, and that type of team fits his style. 
and he's having success. And I, I mentioned him too, his wife, if you guys don't follow her on Twitter, she's really animated and she's so funny on Twitter. So I, I had to like, you know, take kind of like a liking on him as well. And then he was linked back to the Ducks come uh, off season of one of those players that Murray was trying to acquire, but it, it ended up falling through. So, and he's been in the rumor mill a lot before he got traded. So it's good that he's actually done. He doesn't worry about it anymore. But yeah, I, I'm glad that the, the, the Ducks came in and beat the Penguins. It's always good to get that. And it was a really fun game to watch. It was really animated from start to finish. Uh, Ducks started off a little slow, but they just turned it up. Uh, the second period, they really came to play, and they just they shut them down. And the Penguins just went home with an L. And of course, we have more salt from the Penguins fans now. It's like we have the Edmonton Oilers fans, and we all salt. We have the the Penguins fans throwing salt, like, man, that's just too much salt coming in Anaheim. Like, I, I don't know. I think there's a sodium problem or whatever. Too much salt causes problems. We should go to the doctor for that. Yeah, th- there's been a lot of crybabying, like you said, from Edmonton and Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I follow the Penguins pretty much, too, as well. And like you said, yeah, Zucker was a great addition for them. And he had a chance to possibly come to Anaheim, as we found out later on. So I, I like him. He's a good player. I think Pittsburgh is going to work out for them. I mean, yeah, they're on a losing streak. They're behind Washington in the standings, but they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a strong run again. Uh, unfortunately, that's who I'm going to have to watch come playoff time because the Ducks are going to be out of it. It is what it is. But I was happy to see the Ducks win. I, I was disappointed, though, in Crosby, like you talked about. I saw Getzoff complaining a little bit here and there during the game, but Crosby just took the cake. And and you know what? It, it worked out, like you said. It worked out in the Ducks' favor because they got so bent out of shape about everything that this game wasn't as close as what it was. I mean, Zucker got a late goal to make it 3-2 to two in the final two minutes of the game. But the Ducks had a 3-1 to one lead at the end of the second period and held on to that for a majority of the third period until then. So it was a great performance by the Ducks, especially with Gibson. We've known he's had a couple issues playing Pittsburgh in the past. He was able to stop 28 of 30 shots in this game. The Ducks also played well in the faceoff. They won 58%. So all around a good game for the Ducks, I I felt. And they just they played a good game. That's all I can really say. I mean, they they beat Edmonton. They beat Pittsburgh. They're kind of on a roll here. You know, they won two games after the trade deadline. You had Milano getting two goals in the first game against the Oilers. Then you had Heinen coming in, getting a goal here. Those were some of the players that Murray looked at, which we'll talk about in the middle segment. So things look good. You thought, okay, the Ducks have won two games. Maybe, 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 Eddie, we could win a third game. But they ended up, you know, not doing that against New Jersey. They ended up uh, losing this game, you know, uh, three nothing. But it, it wasn't a bad game overall. They they had some chances. They just couldn't get it done on the special teams, and that's what I felt uh, how this game went down. But I, I I really thought the Ducks haven't played bad uh, in this game or all three of the games. Oh no, definitely not. And and to going back on that Penguins game, I don't know what the hell happened to the referees. Uh, I don't know if they waited in line too long at Disneyland and they were frustrated coming to ref this game. They seemed like they were a little bit sensitive in that game. Uh, Getzloff is trying to, you know, he's the captain. He has the right to talk to the referee. He's going up to him and gets an unsportsmanlike conduct. And then going back on the Malkin, you know, hitting, his, hitting his stick on the glass. Yeah, I get it. You're not supposed to do that. He wasn't. He was frustrated. He hit it on the glass on his way to the in the box. Personally, if it was a Ducks player... Or regardless, I, I don't think it should have been warranted another, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. I think the, the referees are just, uh, I don't know, pissed off about something. I, I don't know. They just kept calling these calls, and they just seemed you couldn't really talk to them unless you were Sidney Crosby. 
And and Crosby was yapping at him a few times, didn't get an unsportsmanlike conduct, gets off, got it, and then that, that, that unsportsmanlike against Malkin, yeah, it was stupid of him to do that. Uh, you're a veteran in the league. He's frustrated. I get that. But I don't think it should have been a call. So I think the referees probably take like the biggest L on this game because it kind of showed them how uh, sensitive and how they're are part of the problem in, in today's NHL. And, and steaming from last season and season before, just the, the refereeing and the the officiating in these games seems like it's just getting worse and worse, and no one's doing anything about it. Now, amen to all of that. I mean, that's been a problem for the league this whole season. We've talked about that, too, as far as different calls that have been made on certain players and calls that have not been made and the plays that have been reviewed and whatnot. And that happened in this next game as well, Eddie. A lot of controversy the Ducks lost this game against the Devils, but the big thing in this one was the play with Gibson and Rooney. All kinds of people going nuts over this play, talking about getting a review or what the ref said or whatnot, like you talked about. It's been an issue all season long. It became an issue in this game, too. Uh, the Ducks ended up losing this one, as I mentioned earlier, 3 nothing. They gave up a couple of power play goals. They kind of missed some assignments there, screwed up, gave up some easy goals. But, you know, they, they had they were even the face-off, even on the shots. Still played a decent game, like we said. In these three games, they played pretty good. But this whole Gibson thing went nuts. There was a lot of people. We posted a video that went big. And people felt that, you know, the two-minute penalty was fine. But then there were people saying, well, he should have got a double minor. Should have been a five-minute. Should have been reviewed. And now there's people saying, well, he shouldn't have gotten anything. It's all over the place. I, I was just cracking up, especially the people on Twitter saying, I'm here for the comments with the little like popcorn gifts and whatever. I'm just freaking <laughs> laughing. But but you talk about all these bad calls, and, and you're right. In that Pittsburgh game, I was surprised Crosby didn't get a penalty because he was crying like a mofo. And then you go to this game, and the Ducks lost. The biggest highlight, unfortunately, was Gibson hitting Rooney. And we put out some poll questions out there to see what people would say. Because uh, everyone's going nuts. Uh, again, I, I didn't think it was a big deal when I was at the game watching it. But then the next morning, I'm seeing all the comments from the video we posted. And everyone's going crazy. So what did you think about, I guess, this game in general and Gibson's play with Rooney? Well, this game, it sucks that we lost to a shitty team like this. I think they're they're worse than the Ducks. Especially with all the transactions they made to better themselves. It kind of backfired. However, I, I love the tempo of it, and I like the speed of it. I think the Ducks played better this game than they played against them when they took that, I think it was 3-1 loss uh, when they first played them when Miller was in net. So uh, that's like something positive I can say about this game. It was just different, uh, and they last, they last played New Jersey uh, on December 18th, and they uh, lost 3-1. And when Henrique was the only goal scorer, but, and then Palmieri, and then, of course, uh, Vatman scored for uh, New Jersey as well. But th th this game was better. Like the, the tempo, the speed, the Ducks were just you know moving their feet. They seemed a lot faster, so I, I liked that. Yeah, and that hit, uh, that hit that Gibson made, it, it just, I think that, that was a win for Ducks fans, regardless of the score. It was just, Gibson had enough. It, it, people have been running into him a few times this season and last season, and he just wasn't having it anymore. He threw the hit. Uh, it seemed like he was going to, you know, throw his stick down a little too hard, but he caught himself at the right moment, so I'm glad that he had that composure because if he would have just angled that stick down and, and hit Rooney, then I'd, ha I'd be having a totally different conversation, and I'd pretty much borderline be hating on Gibson right now because that's something uncalled for you shouldn't do. 
like taking your stick off and stabbing someone. Uh, Happy Gilmore, that's why he's not playing in the league right now. I think he got kicked off the golf course too, undisruptive behavior. But um, all jokes aside, actually one more joke. I think Gibson is a Ferris Bueller's fan. Ferris Bueller fan, and he was sticking it to Rooney. I, I believe that Rooney character from the New Jersey Devils is the son of Ed Rooney. Uh, ha ha ha! If you guys, if you guys don't get that joke, uh, watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that was the first thing I thought of, of that, and I've been thinking about that ever since. But I think the two-minute penalty was warranted. That first hit, okay, he was defending himself from the past. But then him going and doing that headshot and then him talking shit after, that was a little bit excessive. You didn't have to do it. I get you're frustrated. Uh, yeah, I'm a Ducks fan, and, uh, you know, but I'm not going to be biased and say like Ducks are, are angels and did, they did everything right. I, I still think that two minutes was worth it. Um, no suspension and all the 11 New Jersey Devils fans that are all upset and screaming suspension five to ten games I've read by some people posting no that that's that's just too that, that that's crazy yeah it's just one of those plays it's just he got tired of people running into him he's trying to play, play the puck and Rooney was wasn't gonna let up so if Gibson didn't throw his shoulder up. He was going to get hit regardless. You can watch that play over and over again, and you can say that, oh, well, fucking our freaking Rooney is like the Flash or Superman. He can, within a millisecond or whatever, stop and change his direction. No, he was going to hit Gibson. So he was, it was either Gibson was going to get hit or he was going to do the hitting. And unfortunately for Rooney, Gibson did the hitting. What my problem was is, you know, that headshot after and then even that, him, you know, just saying crap after that. But, you know, he, he defended himself. He was trying to get the uh, the crowd going, trying to get the Ducks energized. Same like Delorier when he drops the gloves and everyone gets energized, including the team. I think Gibson was doing that. And I believe, too, uh, at the end when the penalty was announced and the puck was about to be dropped, I think Gibson made some, like, like I think hitting a stick or, like, throwing his, like, like cheering and trying to get the, the people going uh, and stuff like that. It's no reference to another movie by Will Ferrell. It's no reference at all. It's just my personal opinion on that situation. Um, it was the right call, and I think it was the right move by Gibson, too. And I think that was the best two-minute penalty the Ducks have ever taken uh, in the last 10 years, if, if I'll throw it out there. Yeah, I think uh, it was hilarious. With the Ducks losing this game, that play develops. The Obviously, the highlight of this game, because the Ducks lost, they didn't get any goals. And the comments afterward were, uh, man, I mean, th things were going nuts. So we posted the video on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. But there were people, especially on Twitter, because Twitter's Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, I don't know. I just, I can't stand certain people on Twitter, the way that they act and, and, and whatnot. But people got on there, got mad, saying Gibson should have got a game misconduct. He should have been suspended. He went to the head. You know, he's an effing a-hole and all this stuff. And I saw comments from a bunch of other people. And I was just like, really? You guys need to chill out. So we put the poll question up about on Twitter if it should have been a five-minute major plus it would have been game misconduct or double minor or two minutes. The way the poll shook out so far is over 70% think the two-minute minor was the right call. And then it's divided amongst those that think double minor or five-minute major. I did the Facebook poll. Again, they can only have two options on there. So I put, hey, the call as it was or should have been more. That one is over 80% of you said two-minute penalty. So that's where we're at. I actually think it should have been more. So if you want to throw stuff at me or yell and you're in your car or you're on your mobile device, you want to chew me out, go for it, chew me out. 
I, I think the Ducks got away with one or Gibson got away with one here. I agree with Eddie. I think he was trying to play the puck and go towards the glass and everything. My whole thing was is that he, he gives him that shot on the ground and then he talks a little smack to him. And I'm surprised he just didn't get another two for unsportsmanlike because of that. That's my only thing. But as a Ducks fan, of course, I effing loved what happened. I thought it was hilarious uh, as a fan. I, I just... Be, try to be neutral now. Put on my little analyst looking at this. I, I was surprised that they didn't get a double minor Eddie. And I, and I think the Ducks got away with one a little bit there. But, oh God, I love looking at this video. Especially the one you did with the Queen remix with the music. Oh my God, I'm dying laughing. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't know, uh, I've said it in a, uh, a few previous shows. Before I start this podcast, uh, I, I like to get myself going. I like to, you know, to, to get in the rhythm and the mood. Um, it's not easy doing the podcast sometimes. I still get nervous every time we record, even though I've been doing it for almost a year now. I still get those butterflies in my stomach because I'm so passionate. I love this. And you can ask Mike. If I make a mistake on the podcast or we have to like edit something, I'm pissed off. I'm kicking myself in the ass. So I listen to Queen a lot. I love Queen. And I, I do the videos. I did one of Manson, uh, Manson's hit on Myers with the wrecking ball. And... I didn't even know it would blow up this much. We had over 200,000 views, uh, 1.7 thousand shares. And then we had a certain player's wife reach out to us, which I'm not going to throw the name out to name drop, but she wanted the, the clip of the video for herself. So we sent it to her. So thank you for following Ducks and Pucks. We appreciate it. Hopefully you listen to the podcast as well. But thank you for uh, reaching out to us and following us. But it's just, uh, it was just amazing that hit. I had to do a video. I had to, it had to add some kind of queen to it because I love queen. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, you just you're not a Ducks fan. You're an analyst, but I, I still think that it, it should only been a two minute penalty. I think the first hit shouldn't have been called. The only penalty I would have called is that uh, him hitting him on the ground. And I'm even skeptical and flirting with the line of actually calling that a penalty because I'm borderline thinking it should not be a penalty because I, I still like that that old school mentality hockey that hard hitting. It's just definitely if if Rooney got hurt, and that's different. But it just a little shot to the head, talking shit. I mean, that, that, that's part of the game, and I love it. And that's something that the game is kind of going away from, and that's what I hate the most. So, I mean, as a Ducks fan, yeah, I'd be like, oh, no, no call at all. <laughs> as a hockey fan, I'm like, okay, maybe that two minutes for that. As an old school, I want that, that rumble in the jungle kind of Patrick Wall against uh, the Red Wings kind of hockey, then I'm saying no call. But, I mean, it was fun, and I love to see the passion. Even though Gibson knows his team's not going to be a playoff team, and they're, you know, I think they're, you know, a ways from being competitive. Not that long, but they're still a ways. I love seeing the passion that he still brings into the net. And before I was critical on Gibson what, three or four years ago when he first came into the net, and I was unsure about him, but I think he's a great goaltender. I think he... He's doing. He he's our superstar elite player right now, and I I love the passion he showed against New Jersey. I was hoping that Snyder would would come down and challenge Gibson. I I could see a goalie fight. That would have just I would have lost my mind. Like I I would have been Ovechkin drunk right now if the goalie fight would have happened. But unfortunately, we have to wait. I hopefully this season with Gibson. Uh, being a little more aggressive, we can see that, and it just unfortunate. It sucks that we saw Corey Snyder, uh, the Vancouver Corey Snyder in net last night. But you can't really be too mad at Corey Snyder. He's been dealing with a lot of issues, being sent to the AHL, being brought up. Uh, he had a good game. Congratulations to him. 
And it's unfortunate the Ducks go 0-2 this season against the New Jersey Devils. Dude, I would pay money for a goalie fight with Gibson involved. Don't even get me going here. I mean, oh my God, you're right. If Snyder would have came down after that, holy crap. Because, I mean, everybody converged in that corner during the game. And there was a bunch of, you know, craziness going on. I don't care what goalie. Just anybody fight Gibson, oh my God. That would be like just the highlight of my life. I don't care if the... You know, the Ducks were in last place, Eddie. And I hope that if that happens, I'm at the game with you. You best believe I'm just going to go to your house and spend the night because I'm going to get crunked that night if we see a goalie fight. Like, it's just, it, that's it for me. Like, that would be hockey. That would be my euphoria for the next couple years if I actually was witnessing that live and seeing that. That'd just be amazing. We had to do a podcast that night when we're like drunk as hell, just. Slurring everywhere, but talking about it. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> Next morning, our producer will probably text you like, "Dude, what the hell are you guys talking about?" Like, but it'd be fun. Yeah, we we have a we have a sound guy. Thank God to help our uh, podcast because in the past we had some issues with the sound, which some of you voiced your opinions, and I was like, "Man, I got to fix this." So, yeah, he would probably go, "What are you guys talking about?" I also, you know, I talked about it on the show before that I moved closer to Honda Center, so. We literally could walk home. That's how close I live to Honda Center now. And I do, in my new uh, place, have an extra bedroom. So you would be completely situated. No worries. We could we could record. I have a studio where we kind of do our show. And then an extra bedroom. So that would all work out. But yes, a goalie fight would be crazy. Like you talked about Patrick Waugh against the Red Wings. I think we talked about that on the show before. Those with Osgood and Vernon, oh my God, in the 90s, that was just like crazy for, for I guess, the older fans listening to the show. If you're, if you're a younger fan, you might not have been born yet. But in, in the 90s, you can go back, YouTube it, and see Osgood and, and Vernon against Patrick Waugh. Oh my God, regardless what team you're for, that was a crazy rivalry back then. Well, but, no, well, if you're a new school fan too, you could see Patrick Waugh almost uh, against Boost Boudreaux on that <laughs> Dutch game. So it's like, I bet you younger fans are like, wait, who's this Patrick Waugh? Well, I'm pretty sure young fans know they're hockey fans, but they probably Googled more about Patrick Waugh and saw his thing. But I was at that game in Denver with that almost fight. It was just amazing. Like, Holy crap! Like that was just the tempo. Like, oh, it was such a, a great game. And then seeing them almost go at it, I wish they would have just threw fist. Yeah, I bet both of them would have been suspended half the season and find a shitload. But that would have been absolutely worth it for fans. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. You know, the the thing that got overshadowed after that because of that play with Gibson and everything that happened was Backus played in this game, Eddie. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was out there for warm-ups, he drew in, finally came back, I made that joke, David is Bacchus, oh, ha yeah. ha ha, I know it's a bad joke, whatever, you can laugh and say it's stupid, but whatever. So, Dave is Bacchus, he played in this game, and I had mixed reviews, I, I, thought, I thought he played a decent game, but he'd been out since January 9th when Boston played Winnipeg. He looked like he was a little bit behind on some of the plays and whatnot. Post-game interview, he said the same thing. He was chasing the puck at times. I didn't think he played that bad in this game. I thought he played okay, Eddie. But um, hockey's a rough sport, and you could tell that some of the conditioning is an issue there. And I, and I, that's just kind of my takeaway on the game. I, like I said, I, I didn't think he played a, a bad game. And I give him a little bit uh, benefit of the doubt because of him being out for so long 
But uh, what did you think about Backus in this game? I mean, obviously the Ducks lost, but him himself, what did you think about his play? He played okay. Like, it, it was okay. It wasn't anything great. It wasn't anything just horrid. Uh, he's been out for about two months. Uh, um, it, it takes a while to him for him to get in, like back into the rhythm of things. Hockey and the NHL is the, the fastest game in the world, I, I believe. I don't think there's anything faster besides this uh besides beer pong at times when you're drinking a lot that's, that goes by fast but no <laughs> but um i think he played decent there's room for improvement and, and he acknowledged that he took responsibility for his play and i think he knows what he has to do he's gonna take it in stride he's gonna you know he's gonna focus his attention on getting to, to game ready and what like i talked about on the last show he's not gonna he's not gonna come here and wow you and be the savior in anaheim He's gonna play, you know, the best he can, uh, and and I think that you know he he wants to, you know, to kind of like play hockey for the remainder of his time as much as he can. And like I said too, I, I mentioned the word, you know, the Ducks want to milk him and milk the rest of the hockey he has left. But more importantly, he's gonna provide that leadership to all the younger kids, and especially if the younger kids have some struggles, he's there. Like, look at me, I'm a veteran player. Uh, I was waived to the minors. I, I you know, I did, you know, a mutual thing of me sitting out for two months. I'm back here having a chance in Anaheim, and yeah, it, another team is paying me. It's paying me to play against them necessarily. Those two games that that they do meet against Boston, they're pretty much paying him to play against them. But it, it should do like a motivation. Don't quit. He has a no quit attitude. Uh, he accepts responsibilities for his own actions. He's not making excuses. He's not saying, oh, I was out for two months. That's why. No, he, he realized that his play wasn't up to par. He's going to go out there and he's going to, you know, try to be better and, and be better. And I think that this game is a start. It is a foundation to what he can become. Like I said, he's not going to – don't get your hopes up and don't quote me saying he's going to be a top six player. No, he's going to you know contribute when he can and where he can and all those little elements of the game that he can. Just like Delorier, um, at first you know people were like skeptical about him. He starts laying the body on. He starts throwing big hits to uh, both and then fighting. His fighting just you know elevated him. He signs an extension. Now he's being more offensively creative, and that's it's great to see from him. And I love that. I think Backus is gonna bring that his game up a little bit. And he's gonna contribute into um, the little voids that we have in Anaheim, and he's gonna fill those voids, a leadership void. He's gonna go on the ice and, and fill. Um, if he needs to to be a hitter that game, if he needs to to be a role player and a, a role model. During the game for players, I think he's going to take that role and he's just going to do whatever he can uh, to have success for the team. So I think I love having him on the team and I love hearing his interview, how he's not making excuses. I think that's the best attribute you can have for a professional hockey player is he's willing to accept responsibility and work hard to, to be better. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stat line, too, that he had last night against the Devils, he had uh, two shots on goal, four hits, one block. He created a turnover and also gave away the puck as well. He played almost 12 minutes in the game, a little bit while the Ducks were shorthanded. So not not a bad game for him at all in his first, you know, action back since January 9th. I mean, we're talking, you know, almost two months now since he's been in there. And I agree with you. I think he adds that leadership role. I was happy to see that postgame interview where he said, you know what, I chased the puck a little bit. Wasn't quite where I want to be and whatnot. He has good defensive numbers. 
his offensive numbers, and eh, they may not be there. But if he's able to produce offensively the rest of the season or next season, that'd be an added bonus. And to see where he goes, I, I don't think the Ducks will keep him past next season. But you never know; it depends on how he plays. So I, I welcome him, you know, on the team, and I, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, eh, Backus, whatever. He's going to be bought out, sent to the minors, like you talked about. But for the Ducks to get a first-round draft pick out of it, yes, they sent uh, Kasha away. I know some people are upset about that, but I, I'm sorry, Kasha's got some injury issues, so I'm okay with it for now. But the Ducks did lose this game against New Jersey. They've gone, like we said, two, one, and zero since the trade deadline. And there's plenty to talk about. Plenty of newcomers in the action. A lot of stats. I spent a lot of time looking over the new guys and what has been going on in these last couple games, Eddie. And we'll kind of shift now to our our middle segment and talk about what's going on with these players. Again, if you haven't heard the trade deadline show, go back and listen to the last one. We're going to talk a little bit about it here. Murray wanted this team to get faster, more skilled, and better on the power play. We have numbers here. I kind of went nuts. We don't, we're don't. we not really stat heavy on this show between Eddie and I, but I did do some research to look some things up and you know we can talk about what's going on here. So on the power play in the last three games, the Ducks have gone two for 11, 18.2%, which is up from the 14.7% on the season. But the penalty kill, they only killed off seven out of 11, which is 63.6% down from their 77.4% uh, for the season. So the Ducks have done better on the power play like Bob Murray wanted. The penalty kill, though, has suffered a little bit. And the Ducks, you know, he, he was really big on Milano and, and Heinen. And they've delivered in these three games. You've got Milano with two goals and an assist. You've got Heinen with a goal and an assist. And what a lot of people didn't talk about, you and I talked about, Eddie, juice, right? DG, excuse me, DJ OOS Juice. Uh, you know, you love how to pronounce hockey names, but he's come in and uh, he's played almost 18 minutes a game. He's also played 55 minutes on the power play, and uh, his puck position numbers are, are close to 60% in both categories, Corsi and Fenwick. So he's done well as, uh, you know, with the Ducks adding to that power play, and you've got these other speedsters in there. What do you think, Eddie? I mean, the Ducks have done better on the power play, not so much on the penalty kill. They've brought in some guys. They wanted more ski, uh, more skill, more speed, and whatnot. Uh, what, what did you think about the team so far uh, with these new guys? Uh, you know, in the sla- I mean, it's a, it's a small picture here, three games. But what do you think? You really can ask for more. Like, yeah, I mean, their penalty kill has been great all season. They they have a little dip. It's understandable. Hello, you're a man down, and, and you're missing some of your uh, your core defensemen. But I think the new guys came in, and Murray's trusting trusting the system. He's trusting uh, what he's he's doing, and I criticize Murray a lot, and I'm not a big fan of him. But I can give him credit where due, and everyone he picked up seems to uh, to be working out for the Ducks, and it's gonna work out long term. Juice, which I'm still questionable calling him that because uh, we have another Juice that we played on the team. So I might just call him DJ at times because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to call him Juice yet. But I, I think he's he's worked out great. and You notice him on the ice a lot, uh, his speed and his hockey sense. He's just there. And Mike, you did a good job with all these stats. I know it probably took a lot, a long time. 
with some of the articles I write too, like looking up the stats and then verifying them. It, t- it takes a long time, so uh, yeah, good job for doing that. Kudos to you for that. But I, I think the Ducks are in the right direction. Um, another player too I noticed significantly was Erwin. Uh, he came in and as much as I love Holzer personally, you can notice the difference between how better Irwin is compared to Holzer. I think that trade worked out perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I think all the new guys, I can't say anything bad about anyone that's playing right now. It just all the trades seem like they're working out perfect, and it only time will tell. And hopefully that they swing in the direction of the Ducks. Um, including Grant too. I want to talk about Grant. He, he he seems like he's found a home, scoring a. He said a goal and assist before we we're talking offline, right, Mike? Yeah, he yeah. got a goal and assist in yeah. in that game uh, with Philly recently. Yeah, you know what? I I've said this numerous times. Um, I I think he's gonna hit the twenty goal mark, and, and I think he deserves it. And now my problem is with Grant. I don't think he's gonna come back to the Ducks. I think that he's going to hit those numbers, a career high uh, everything, and he's going to command, as he deserves, a higher payment. I think if he hits that 20 goal mark, he can easily fetch three or $3.5 million from a team, and I don't think the Ducks are going to be willing to pay that for him. And, and you know, and if he doesn't re-sign with the Ducks, that's that's not bad. He should capitalize and get the most, the most money he can. Um, hopefully the Ducks, you know, knowing that they're still in this rebuilding phase, will be like, hey, well, he works out the best for us, and you know, we'll throw him a little overpayment and pay him that money, and, and not expect him to take that much of a significant hometown discount quote. But I think Derek Grant, uh, wherever he signs, I hope he signs the, the most the money he can. And if it's not with the Ducks, then I'm still cheering for him. But as far as everyone else, all the numbers that you've you sent me, Mike. I think it's awesome. Like all these players are working out, especially uh, DJ. He's been used, and you can notice him on the ice. Like I said, he, he's he's a factor, and I think he has. Um, I think he has a future, and he's going to be part of the Duck system moving forward too. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the numbers, and I went back. I looked at all the power play stuff. I looked at you know when the Ducks scored, when they were scored against, and whatnot. That's how I came up with the numbers and everything like that. I also looked at the uh, how how the players did when scoring a goal on the power play, as far as how much time the Ducks had this last three games, and then how much time they had shorthanded the last three games. You mentioned Irwin. He didn't have any points in these three games, but Murray trusts him pretty good. I mean, they put him out there 22 minutes per game, and he was out there on the penalty kill almost 60% of the time. So his his puck possession numbers aren't good. They're in the low 40s, not great, but they've got him out there. And like you said, he, he's he's helped out the team. You know, you're not going to put Holzer out there on the penalty kill so much, but you put Irwin out there, and he's doing that. Uh, Agazino, he's actually done really well. He's got no points, plus two, but his uh, Corsi and Fenwick numbers are around 60%, which is very good. He's only been playing about nine minutes. Uh, he's been good in the faceoff, just short of 54%. We also talked a little bit about that last game against the Devils. I, I don't know why necessarily he was on the third line, other than maybe Sam Steele was out sick. Yeah, Coach Akins was out sick. Getzloff was battling the flu. Uh, Miller as well was battling it. Uh, the Ducks did call up 
uh, Anthony Stolarz to be the backup in that game. So maybe that's why Steele was out in that contest against the Devils. But you look at all these players that they've had overall, and you can't really be that disappointed in what's gone on. They, they've helped out the Ducks overall. The penalty kill has gone down. However, you need to factor in something here. The Ducks have been without Lindholm, Fowler, and Goodbranson, right? We know from what Murray said that uh, Fowler and Goodbranson are going to be out for probably two more weeks. We're now probably a week away now at the time of recording the show. We talked about Lindholm earlier. So I'm not surprised that the penalty kill went down. That's not a shocker to me. But overall, I think you know Murray wanted this team to be faster, more skilled, better on the power play. And they have been so far. He's also talked about this next 20 games, you know, kind of being a trial period, see where they're at, what they're going to do. I like what they did. Uh, we talked about the trades on the last podcast. If you didn't hear them, you can go back and listen. Uh, we didn't love all the trades. And Eddie mentioned the Derek Grant one. And that's the one I'm really scared about. I, I did not like getting a fourth round pick. I talked about that. And the Ducks got Kyle Chris Cole and they sent him down to San Diego, which I, I knew they were going to. He's not going to be a Ducks player. Nothing against that guy, but he's not going to be a permanent Ducks player. They also sent uh, Joel Pearson down as well. That was another trade that the Ducks made with uh, Edmonton when they sent Redmond over there, which I, I wasn't really mad about the trade, but it was another one that I was like, eh, whatever. So, you know, that's the thing I'm afraid of. Grant getting 20 goals. I think that's a very realistic projection that you have made, Eddie. And I think the thing is, is if he does do that, he's going to command a good contract in the offseason. And unfortunately, I don't think Murray or the Samuelis are going to pay him a lot of money to bring him back. That's my fear now that he's going to do that. If the Ducks would have got a higher pick, like I said, a third round pick on the last show, I would have been happy with it. But I, I, I don't know. That Grant trade's the big question mark in the trade deadline. I liked everything that we did in there. Uh, we g- gave a bunch of grades. We talked about a lot of them in the B or the C category. We didn't think Murray did awesome, but we didn't think he did terrible either. But if Grant is gone and they don't bring him back and they only got a fourth-round pick and a guy who's going to play in the minors, I'm really not happy with it, Eddie. I, I, that, that's something that's going to upset me if they don't bring him back. Uh, talking about this, you know, the way the Ducks have done. It's only three games and all the stuff we've talked about, but I, I like everything. I, I just really wish the Ducks would have got a higher pick, especially if he doesn't come back. Oh, Mike, yeah, over here you're saying it's only three games, and I'm over here bitching about the Chris Wagner trade still, and that still pisses me off. Like, holy crap. Um, yeah, it's going to be bad, and and if Grant does does not uh, uh, decide to resign with the Ducks, I'm not going to be mad at him. I'm still going to be a fan of Grant's. Uh, he's done a lot for this organization, and he deserves to to get as much money as he can. And you know, he's he's playing to a level where he's. I think he earned it, and he deserves it. Maybe it's not going to be a fluke of a season, like uh, I mentioned, uh, Matt Bleski talking to fans. On social media, uh, one fan, I totally forgot his uh, his Facebook handle. Uh, we had a good discussion, a nice little 30, 40-minute discussion going back and forth talking about these trades and stuff. But it just, uh, Grant, his playing, uh, I, I don't know. I, some, something about playing in Anaheim elevates his game. I don't know if the quality of life in Anaheim, spending time at the beach. I'll mention Disneyland because everyone loves Disneyland. That's a, a joke. But it's just, uh, it's kind of crazy how... Um, he, his play just elevated. 
if he comes back, that's going to be a, a huge plus for the Ducks. If he doesn't, it's going to be a big blow. But I understand if he doesn't. Uh, yeah, like, what, uh, 50 Cent the rapper? If it makes money, it makes sense. So don't come back to Anaheim if you're going to get paid a million dollars less than if you're going to sign somewhere else. A million dollars is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I, I, I don't blame it on Grant. You know, if he wants to go out and get a better deal, I think he should. So we'll see what happens come summertime. We'll revisit this back then. Yeah, it's going to be but, interesting uh, to uh, come summer and come the free agency and and seeing what moves are going to make. We've seen Murray step out of his, uh, his comfort zone uh, come the trade deadline too. So who knows what's going to happen. If we, we're going to try to go after you know bigger name players, not not like superstar players, because we're still going to be in the rebuild, but you know it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see if we can get Graham back, and it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I guarantee uh, this this coming July first, Mike, that you and I are going to have a lot to talk about, and this show is going to be pretty much longer than last year's show on July first. So. Yeah, I mean, this show has been long this season, <laughs> talking about everything. Every show has been almost, you know, over an hour this year. Usually the shows are 45 minutes to an hour or so. But everyone seems to like it. They're, they're telling me, hey, bring it. We want more. We want more. I've got people telling me that they get uh, a little sad or disappointed when the show's coming to an end when we're talking about everything. So I, I agree with you. In the summer, we're going to have plenty of discussion to talk about. And, you know, we reached out to you guys as well. We posted a little thing last night saying, hey, what do you guys think about the Ducks after these three games? It's a snapshot and whatnot. And some of you had some comments about the Ducks and the rebuild, as you talked about, Eddie. We had Michael Mobley. He said, you know what? I'm expecting us to suck for several more seasons, like I said two years ago. Uh, We had Jeremy Argento. He said the same thing. I say two to three seasons. Gibson is amazing. Uh, we still need a solid goal scorer. One good 40-50 goal uh, a season player will do the trick he talked about. And I don't disagree with these comments. I, I'm with the, I'm with you guys. You're talking about it's going to be a couple years for the Ducks. Uh, I don't disagree at all. I, I think it is going to be a couple years for the Ducks. And I think it's going to be painful. And I, I don't know if, if everybody can handle that or not. I mean, this team for so many years has been... A team that we knew was going to finish in the top of the Pacific Division. We knew they were going to make the playoffs. It was just a question of how far were we going to go. And unfortunately, the last two years, we're now on the outside looking in. The Ducks aren't going to make the playoffs. And we're like, oh, okay, let's get a good, you know, good draft pick. Let's tank and all that other stuff. And it's unfortunate. That's where we're at. So for me... I don't see that, you know. I, you know, going two or three years, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. We had uh, Clancy even added too that the season's a bust. Can't do upset. Get too upset when we lose. I agree. I mean, all that stuff that people have said, I, it's 100%. We had uh, also Tony added too that he likes what he's seen from the trades. It's helping the team. Trust the process. The biggest thing I think Tony says in here, Eddie, you and I talked about is quote: "It's gonna be tough. It's gonna hurt." Let's not forget another expansion is coming. So, you know, there's some things to think about there. I, I, I don't think in the coming years the Ducks are going to turn around overnight. I don't think they're going to turn around next season. It's, it's going to be rough. But we've got to stick it out. I do. I You know, I'm like Eddie. I don't, you know, like Murray 100%. But the stuff he's done so far, he's kind of corrected some trades a little bit. Obviously, the Shore Cogano one we talked about before. 
He's trying to bring in some more players that are going to help out. And yes, it's a small snapshot, but the team, in my opinion, the last three games has been competitive. They beat Edmonton, who added a lot of players making a run. They beat Pittsburgh, who's usually had the Ducks number. And yes, they lost to the Devils, but it was pretty much special teams play that did them in in that game. So looking at all these stats and everything that we put together and what's going on with the Ducks in this last week since the trade deadline, I think overall you have to have some optimism. I, I think that they're doing okay. It's still fun to go to the games and watch and, and see how they're doing. Yes, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yes, they're not going to be a Stanley Cup team. I get that. But it's still fun to go and watch them play, Eddie. Oh, definitely. I, I love this. I love this game. I love the team. I love the game. Hockey is my bread and butter. Hockey is, you know, hockey ranks up there with my family, with my friends. Like my beat hearts, or, or my heart beats because of hockey. I think I'm dyslexic. I said that backwards. Wow. But I love this game, and, and I, I love the Ducks. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna suck for you know for a few years, but look at all the the semi success we had of uh, being spoiled of every season making the playoffs and being that uh, uh, that hopeful contending team. Right now, we're going through uh, growing pains. We're going through a rebuilding process. I know the the term retooling got everyone's uh, you know false motivation and fake motivation up. Like, oh, it's retooling. Next season, we're gonna be back contender. No, it's not how it works. If you haven't understood it now, it's a rebuilding phase. The Ducks need, and I agree, I think it was Jeremy that said it, like two two years. I think uh, after this season, there's two more years before the Ducks become competitive again. And I agree with that. Uh, I had a, a buddy that I play against in hockey reach out to me. His name is Joey. He, uh, he mentioned to me, hey, if I listen to your podcast, are you going to be honest about everything? He's tired of hearing about all the positive and great moves about the GM and the Ducks in general. He's not like saying anything in general, just social media. And, and I told him, like, hey, like, we don't bullshit. Like, we tell you how we feel, and we give our unbiased decisions or opinions too. Um, it might not be things you agree with. It might be things you agree with. Like, we're not always 100%. For the Ducks, we, we, we just talk about it and try to be unbiased as possible. Sometimes, of course, you know, with my personality about the hard-hitting physical game, I might, you know, be unbalanced at times. I try to, like, you know, kind of be balanced, too. Uh, Mike's, uh, his opinions on hockey might be unbalanced, but, you know, he does a better job than I do of being more balanced. But we just give you the best coverage we can possibly give you, and and I'm proud to be uh, part of Ducks and Pucks and to give you this the best progress we can. But it's going to take some time, people. It's not going to be easy. It's going to suck. Yeah, we get it. Well, we can always say we're not like in Ottawa. We're not teams that have more years. This team is going to be competitive again. Um, if you want to stick around and, and, and go through the suck with us, that's great. If you want to just leave the Ducks for a couple of years and come back from their winning, you know what? Who am I to judge? Who am I to call you anything? But you, you know, as long as you still like the Ducks, that's all that matters. So um, it's up to you. If you want to stick around, we're going to be here regardless. If the Ducks go 0-82 or 82-0, we're still going to be here. And we encourage everyone to be here. And I just uh, wanted to throw this out to fans. Like, stop bashing each other. If people have an opinion, you have every right to, you know, kind of disagree with their opinion. 
and, and talk to them about that. But stop physically, or not physically, but personally bashing them. That That's not what hockey is about. Like I mentioned before, uh, I spent, um, I think almost a couple hours, I want to say, I was talking to this one fan a lot on uh, Ducks Nation on Facebook. And at first it was kind of a, you know, we both had heated disagreements, but we came to a, agree to disagree and we were able to talk uh, out both of our things and even though that he didn't agree with or he or she didn't agree with my opinion i didn't agree with with uh, his or her agreement we still had that mutual respect for each other and i think that that's all that, w- that it's about just you know i i guess my point is i, I know i'm rambling on but it's going to take some time and if you want to stick around so be it if you don't then don't uh, when the Ducks are winning, the people that are here, great. The people that want to come back, great. We're still going to be here, and you know what? We're, we're, we're still a hockey family, and we're still a Ducks family, so that's all that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this season, Murray talked about that too in his comments. He said, listen, I'm going to look at the next 20 games. I'm going to see what's going on with this team, see how it works out with these other players and whatnot, and that's what it's all going to be. We're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to go for the Stanley Cup. No shit. We know that. But we're going to sit here, and he made some changes. He's trying to help the team. Like I said, Eddie and I aren't the biggest fan favorites of him. We know a lot of people out there aren't supportive of him. But he did stuff. He's trying to do things to make this team get better and get back to that spot. I think the biggest question is how long is it going to take? Are they going to turn around next season and be a contender? Maybe. I would say less likely than not. I, I, I think a good point that was brought up in the comments was about getting a guy that's going to score 40 to 50 point or, or excuse me, not even points, but uh, goals this season. Because if you look at the Ducks, it's terrible as far as how many points. Getzloff has gotten over 40 points. I mean, that's that's garbage. That's garbage. And I'm not and I'm not saying I'm not saying that's garbage for him. Don't don't mistake me or misquote me on what I'm saying. I'm saying for the team in general, that's garbage. You have Getzloff with 13 goals, 27 assists. Henrique, 24 goals and 15 assists. He's been a monster this season. Silverberg's got 18 goals. So, I mean, you're looking at that, and then you've you got Raquel, who's been in a drought for forever. 13 goals, but he hasn't scored in forever. I can't even remember when. We, Eddie and I were talking about this. Uh, January 31st uh, against Tampa, he had a goal and an assist. Yeah, I, I mean, Raquel's disappeared. So the other part that I think is interesting is Murray talked about not moving core players. He felt Kasha was not a core player, moved him out. My question is, what is he going to do with Raquel? Raquel hasn't done anything lately. And I like Raquel. He's he's a fan favorite too. But but what are you gonna do? He's got he's been sitting on thirteen goals for almost two months now. I mean, what is going on here? Or, or or a month and a half or whatnot. So I mean, that's where I sit with this team. Is what are they gonna do? And the other point that Eddie brought up that I thought was good. We talk on this show. Yes, we're biased towards the Ducks. No shit. But. Tony brought up a good thing, left a review about our website and podcast, and he said that, quote, great cast, and I like that you guys are willing to be honest and don't just praise the team. Your fans, but bias or anything doesn't come through. Absolutely. We're going to sit here and tell you the way it is. We talked about the whole Gibson thing. We talked about the way the Ducks have done with these players and whatnot. I'm not happy with the way things are going overall. 
I, I, I think the Ducks need to do more to get where they need to be. I think they do need to bring in a top scorer to get this team where they're at. I'm happy that they did make moves and they did do things to get things better, but I think they can do a little more. That's where I'm at. And I want to see what they do the rest of the season. I like what I've seen in the last three games since the trade deadline. They won two out of three. I didn't think they played that terrible against New Jersey. They had a slow start, but special teams killed them in that game. So I like what I'm seeing. I still go to the games. It's still entertaining. It's still fun. I, I you know, we just have to see what's going to happen the rest of the season. And I'm really curious in the summertime, Eddie, like you talked about, are the Ducks going to bring back Grant? What's going to happen at the draft? Uh, Raquel, I mean, to me, Raquel's a question mark. I, I know some of you are probably going to say, what? And I'm like, well, he hasn't done anything. Not lately, he hasn't. And I mean, Murray, you know, has talked about not moving core players. I get it. And I like Raquel. I want him to start scoring. But he hasn't lately. So, you know, you look at the Ducks team right now. You've got Henrique Silverberg and Getzloff leading the way. And then Raquel's in there, but he, he's been he's been gone. He had some great chances in that New Jersey game. I really thought he was going to score in a couple of those. And I, I think he just needs another goal to get that kind of that fire going. But uh, there's a lot of stuff the Ducks need to decide in the offseason. Uh, we can't worry about playoffs. We can't worry about any of that stuff. We have to see how this team gels and whatnot. And I like what I'm seeing overall. I, I think the Ducks have been doing pretty good. And like I said, again, it's just a small sample size. It's just three games. But, uh, you know, Eddie, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summertime. The Ducks did get some draft picks. They got a, you know, a first-round pick with the Kasha deal and whatnot. They got a fourth round with Grant. We'll see what happens. But uh, – it's going to be some trying times. And like Eddie said, we're both going to be here. We're going to keep doing the show each week. The rest of the season, we'll pretty much be doing shows on the Mondays. And we'll see where the Ducks go from there. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Eddie, before we switch to the league news. Oh, no. It's just uh, I think uh, with Raquel's uh, portion of it, I, I want to call it DK, Donkey Kong. He has that monkey on his back. He needs to figure out how to get rid of it. Once uh, he scores that 14th goal, I think it's going to go... You know, great for him. You know, slumps suck. I get that. I'm just a, a Joe Blow nobody beer league player, but I'm an athlete. I've been an athlete all my life, and and I played various sports. And I understand what slumps can do to you. It's, I think it's more psych, uh, psychological than anything. It just, it sucks. Like I think my biggest slump in hockey, I went I think eight or nine games without scoring a goal in my whole entire life, and I've been playing since I was a kid. I've never not scored that many games. like, But, you know, old age catches up to me. I have army injuries that are catching up to me as we speak right now. Um, yeah, I have a lot of problems, but I just try the best I can. And you know what? The Ducks, they just got to get over, you know, the next few weeks. Um, they got to play their best hockey. And I'm not saying, oh, tank for whoever the hell you want to tank for. Because I, I really, as much as I want a, a, a big draft pick i just really can't you know being competitive and being like a winner all my life i can't really just say it. i want them to lose uh, just to get a better a draft pick i want them to play their best hockey if they win they win if they lose they lose that's all that matters so um yeah i mean it's i think you hit it on the uh, on the, uh, the nail in the coffin mike you said it perfectly um i want to also give a shout out to uh OC Animal Care, 
on Sunday when they played New Jersey Devils. Yesterday, they had OC Animal Care Night. They had the dogs there. They had people donating uh, either blankets, food, uh, money. I want to thank all those people. And I also want to thank OC Animal Care for allowing us to partner up with them um, to, to, to let me and let us give back. I mean, yeah, I, I, trust me, if I won the lottery, I'd give probably a portion, if not half my money to, to animals because that's my that's holds dear and near to my heart. But I'm glad that uh, we're able to promote that on Ducks and Pucks and to try to, you know, to elevate their, you know, sharing and getting more awareness to them they're trying to find homes for dogs for cats uh tortoises rabbits like whatever uh they do a great job and i i want to thank everyone uh part of the oc animal care uh organization um everyone that helps out everyone that works there uh, you guys are doing a great job and i i'm honored and i'm glad that you allowed us to partner up with you and we can be part of of helping um i don't care if it helps a thousand animals i don't care if it helps just one uh, all i want is just 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 one animal to be saved and and to be found a loving home um animals are i think are brought into our lives uh just to love it and to do that and especially dogs i train dogs in the army so that holds near and dear to my heart um so i uh it was uh their night officially on sunday and i, I saw pictures that they posted a lot of the fans are over there uh chatting with the dogs petting them donating it just the, man like Sometimes I, I get really frustrated and I hate humanity, but seeing pictures like that makes me love it. And I, I think I might love animals a little bit more than hockey at times. But thank you uh, to OC Animal Care. And thank you to all the fans and supporters. And I don't care if you're donating a dollar or a million dollars, but thank you for that. Yeah, the uh, OC Animal Care had their night on Sunday. We've posted different things on the game previews and game uh, recaps about them and whatnot and also on the podcast so you know if you're looking for animals they're a great resource we talk about adopt don't shop and i, I that's what happened uh when we did the uh, trade deadline i showed my cat on there uh, i call her the duck cat also named sunny so we always laugh because sunny milano is now on the team <laughs> but the uh, sunny cat that's right the sunny cat or the duck cat but uh, same thing you know i got her from the shelter so you know, whether you like dogs or cats or whatever animal you like, so check out OC Animal Care. I mean, they do a tremendous job. So we're happy that we're able to, to help promote them on our show and our website. So with that, we'll wrap up the show with our final segment, the league news. There's plenty of stuff to talk about, Eddie. I'll let you break it down and then I'll chime in here or there. But there's a few different things you want to talk about as we wrap up the show. Cool. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Mighty Ducks Disney Plus show. Well, there's uh, there's been rumors leaking, you know, what's going on. So the rumors that are really popular right now are, it's being filmed in Vancouver. Okay, and the Mighty Ducks this time are going to be the antagonist, and a new group of protagonists are going to kind of like challenge them. The Mighty Ducks are going to be, I guess, the Hawks. If you watch the first movie, they're going to be that arrogant, always winning team. Um, I don't know who Gordon Bombay is going to play. Either he's going to uh, play the the Ducks coach, like Coach O'Reilly, 
or, or whatever his name was in the first movie, or he's gonna just you know guide this mis- guided uh, youth of new ducks player, new whatever players are gonna be called to go against the, the big bag antagonist. So we don't know. Pictures have surfaced. I'm pretty sure you saw them already. They've been posted everywhere: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So that's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, I hope Disney doesn't screw it up and they do it right. I'm still against uh, them remaking or adding to it. I'm more of like, hey, a classic is good. Let it be. Don't just uh, add to it and screw it up because I've seen so many movies screw up classics. And if you guys don't know, I'm a big movie guy. Um, If you guys ever want to ask us on Ducks and Fucks movie questions too, I'm definitely happy to talk about it on the show because I watch a ton of movies. So if you want to add to that, Mike, or move forward, league news. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know. I, I was happy with the original My Duck movies. I, I, it's one of those I don't think they need to add to. I, I've seen a lot of movies. I'm like you. I, I like to go and watch. But when some of them, you know, they do one or two or three, and then, then they start getting on four or five and six, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, guys, really? You need to stop. So... I'm with you on that one, Eddie. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, it, it is what it is. I mean, they're redoing it or whatever. But I just think you can't replace the originals. Definitely. Let's move on. I'm going to jump down to St. Louis Blues. Uh, Jay Bomister has been ruled out for the remainder of the season. If you guys don't remember, he had the episode in Anaheim where he collapsed on the bench. He had to go to the uh, the Cusack, uh it's at Irvine Medical Center, and he got that defibrillator put in his heart. Um, he still yet decided on his retirement option. So, uh, regardless, uh, Mike and I both give our prayers uh, for him and his family and whatever he decides to do. Um, I mean, hopefully, it benefits his family and him most importantly. But you know, like I said, he he has nothing yet to prove. He's a warrior. He he's been in the league a long time. He won a cup. He's you know, like I said, uh, prayers for him. Uh, the Calgary Flames, Johnny Goudreau, his grandfather passed away, which really sucked. Um, after that, his grandfather passed away. He scored a goal, and he was just full of emotion and went down. And just kind of like, you could see the emotion in his eye. And the Flames ended up winning this game 3 nothing. But it, it was just good to see that. Uh, him scoring that goal pretty much for his grandfather. And I know how, that, how important that is. Um, I lost my grandmother. I scored a goal for her, and I couldn't hold back tears. One of my buddies uh, passed away. He was a uh, police officer for Covina PD. We had a tournament. I scored that that goal for him. And then uh, Mike, when your mother uh, when your mother passed away, my first game back, I scored a goal for her. And even though I didn't know your mother, I, I'm close to you, and I still felt that emotion. And that personal attachment, I scored a goal for her, and, and I can't wait to see you tomorrow at the watch party because I have that goal to give that puck to give you of the goal I scored. So I mean, that's important. Like whatever uh, level of hockey you play, whatever sport you play, whatever thing you do, once you have a loved one passed away, uh, you just you need, you need that that personal satisfaction to do something in their name and. I'm glad that that Johnny Goudreau got to score that goal and and honor his grandfather that passed away. Yeah, and I I appreciate you doing that. Um, as we 
God, I don't, I don't want to cry again, but oh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 been a rough 2020 for me, to say the least. If you listen to the last couple of shows and whatnot, but um, as you mentioned, yeah, we're gonna have a watch party too. I'm really excited on Tuesday at the Steelcraft and Garden Grove. It's gonna be the Solani Penalty Box at 12900 South Euclid Street. So if you can make it, I hope you guys can come out. It should be a really good time. They have really good food. We've been kind of working on this all season. It's been difficult between my schedule and their schedule and and whatnot, everybody's schedule, trying to figure out when to do one. So we're going to have it on Tuesday, March 3rd. Hopefully you're listening to this before then so you can go and whatnot. If not, still go and check it out. It's it's a great spot. They've got a lot of other restaurants in there too, not just the uh, excuse me, Solani Penalty Box, but places to check out and whatnot. So, and I, I'm with you. You know the whole thing, Eddie. You talked about with Gaudreau, whether you like him or not, whatever. He scored a goal full of emotion. I I totally get it. Um, you know the last couple of months, and and the only thing I'll, I'll just add to it is we've talked about going through situations in your personal life where you've had a struggle or a loss or whatnot. And Eddie and I have both dealt with that before. So if you ever need to reach out, we're more than happy to do that. And I've had a people, a couple of people do that in the last couple of months. So that's the only thing I'm going to add and good for him. You know, I'm glad that that happened. Definitely. Uh, let's move forward to the Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about the last show, but they officially been approved by the AHL board of governors for a transfer ownership of the San Antonio, San Antonio rampage. They will have an AHL team at the Orleans come next season. And they will, will be building a new rink for the AHL. Um, and they will have that maybe in a, a couple or maybe three seasons for that. Uh, Colorado Springs is also broke to getting an AHL team. Um, the Colorado, uh, Colorado College is actually building a, a new stadium on the campus for their team. So they won't be part of the World Arena anymore. So it appears that a rumor has floated the Calgary Flames affiliate. Their minor league team will move to Colorado Springs and kind of fill in the World Arena. And the World Arena, if you haven't been there, it's an amazing place. It's it's great. It's like a, a, a beautiful miniature arena. I love it. I skated there. I skated there every Saturday when I was stationed over there with a lot of the college players, junior players, uh, Jamie McGinn, Cody McLeod. It was fun. Yes, I was like probably the worst player on the ice, but it was still fun because everyone knew that I wasn't a great player and they would just help me be better. They wouldn't hit me. Like when I had my head down, I'd get punched in the head real quick, like a little punch, like, hey, keep your head up. So I have nothing but good memories from there. And I still love Colorado. So if they get a team, hopefully I can get a job and move over there. So um, that'd be pretty cool. Another big thing that was going around is YouTube TV. I, I know uh, a lot of people are cutting the cords um, from uh, tra- a traditional cable or satellite, whatever, direct, dish, whatever you have. But uh, direct uh, YouTube TV uh, is in a dispute regarding the coverage of Fox Sports. And that actually uh, was supposed to be cut off on February 29th. However, they reached uh, a temporary agreement to extend a, to extend the coverage on YouTube TV pending their new deal. Um, yeah, some of you people that don't have YouTube TV or have Fox Sports, like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? But there's a lot of people that have been cutting the cord, and as of last year, Sling TV got rid of Fox Sports. 
and Dish Network got uh, rid of Fox, uh, Fox Sports. That means you can't watch, um, if you're a basketball fan, you can't watch the Lakers or Clippers. You're a hockey fan, which is more important on this podcast, you can't watch the Ducks. Um, I don't know what's going on, and I'm getting tired of, of being a customer and being used as a pawn in these agreements. I do credit YouTube TV and Fox for having a tentative agreement moving forward past 29 to allow fans to watch their favorite sports teams. But I, I think um, they need to get get with the program and, and get make an agreement up. You guys are both billion-dollar companies probably. You guys make a ton of money. You guys can sacrifice a few million dollars to, you know, to actually cater to the fans. But I get it; it's business. You want to make the most maximum profit you can. So, yeah. So um, we'll keep you updated. As of now, you have YouTube TV to stream your Ducks games. Um, if any progress goes forward, we will post it on Ducks and Pucks. If they cancel it, we will post it on Ducks and Pucks, and we will have an article, not like. Um, we'll have an article giving you alternative options to watch it, but we're not promoting that way, if that makes sense. So, um, Mike, do you want to uh, chime in on anything before I get into our last topic? Yeah, no, just the YouTube thing like you talked about. I think it's unfortunate. You know, a lot of people rely on that. Like, I have uh, DirecTV, which DirecTV then got bought by AT&T. So you have all this stuff going on, and and it's frustrating. You know, it's not just with the Ducks; it's with sports in general. You see certain networks or providers that are saying, "Well, we'll provide it, but it's this cost, or we're not going to do it anymore." You got to go here and there, and uh, I just—it's just frustrating. Like you said, I get it; it's about making money and whatnot. But I mean, do we have to go to extremes to watch a game that we like? Whether whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, whatever it is. I, I just that part kind of gets me irritated. I, I just think these companies make so much money, and when they have these disagreements and whatnot, I I don't know. It, it's just frustrating for everybody involved. That that's what I think, and I and part of it that gets lost is customer service. Who are you trying to appease here with these deals? I mean, you're, you're talking about viewership and getting people to watch your product and your commercials and other things like that. So it's big business, obviously, but it's it's a frustrating situation all the way around. And I think there's a lot more alternatives out there. Thank God that there are because some of these companies make so much money, it's ridiculous. So um, I hope they get it resolved you know, to, to, to fix the situation, but we'll have to just kind of wait and see what happens. But, uh, on a more positive note, I think Eddie, you've got some good stories you want to talk about in Ottawa and Carolina to finish up the show. Oh, definitely. Uh, before I get to Carolina, I want to just, uh, to go back one more time and talk about David Backus. He, uh, he has, uh, I guess on his personal, um, Twitter and, and his social media, it's called Athletes for Animals, and I wanted to shout that out. Um, I don't know if he's promoted a lot in Anaheim yet, but I want to shout out any person that wants to like advocate for animal rights and stuff. I'm not one of those PETA people like, hey, don't eat freaking meat. Trust me, I love my good steak. I love a good ham. But I do like the fact that people can rescue animals. Um, his wife and him were posted on the Athlete for Animals website. Uh, they've been there since 2013. Um, I'm trying to figure out more information. I emailed them to get more information so we can talk about it on the show. But 
just uh, you know, giving him a shout out, just to being that person that's gonna rescue animals and his wife. And I know a, a lot of uh, the family members of our athletes and a few players listen to our podcast. Um, so I'm open invitation uh, for him or his wife if they wanna, you know, to advocate for their cause and their foundation. Uh, feel free to uh, reach out to Mike or I or uh, DM us on Ducks and Pucks. Uh, we, we're more than willing to to share that and, and you know, kind of promote whatever you want for uh, for athletes for animals. So um, yeah, uh, please reach out to us. We're more than happy to do that. Um, let's move to Carolina. You guys, uh, that that e bug they're calling him now, emergency backup goalie David Ares Ares. I don't even know anymore. I'm just so like flooded with this, but he donated his game stick to be displayed in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It, it, it that's just awesome, and his wife is awesome too. Follow her on on Twitter. She's so animated. Um, they were gonna discuss this at the GM's meeting, which they did about how they should go about uh, moving forward to, to try to changing this. Um, according to Pierre Lebrun, uh, after discussing it, uh, they think that they don't want any changes. They think the process works, and I'm glad. I'm glad this happens. Um, we had Miller with the flu. Uh, Gibson was in net. If Gibson got hurt, Miller had the flu. Or, or Miller got hurt, then Anaheim could have had their backup goalie going, and who knows? create a big story like this so i'm glad that you know the gms and their meeting they don't want to change this and bring a, a quote quote professional because i think this is the best part of the game and i'm glad this is um is it, it, i'm glad it's not going to change and they're trusting that process of it it's something that nhl got right so um moving forward now to the last part of our uh league news is uh bobby ryan Bobby Ryan was uh, the second overall uh, draft pick for the Ducks. They, uh, I guess, they missed out on the Sidney Crosby um, sweepstakes, but I'm glad they did. Bobby Ryan, uh, he he's a hell of a player. He, damn, sorry guys, I'm getting a little emotional right here. Um, it's all right, it's all right. I, I get no, you, man. Um, I, I get you, Eddie. I mean, this is a thing that we talked about before about Bobby Ryan and the things that happened with him. And, you know, he had an issue with alcohol, which Eddie and I talked about and we thought was going to be what happened. And it came out to light that it was. He was a big fan favorite, as Eddie talked about. A high draft pick, obviously, for the Ducks. Was, uh, you know, a big, big part of Anaheim for several years. And he came back like... I get why Eddie's emotional. I got emotional too. I mean, he was out. He was honest about what happened. Comes back, gets a hat trick for Ottawa in his first game back. And um, he got emotional too during the game, Eddie. So I don't blame you. I don't blame Bobby. I don't blame anybody listening if you got emotional about this. But whether or not you're a Ducks fan or a Bobby Ryan fan or a hockey fan, um, this is a great way to end the show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. And for anybody out there that's struggling or dealing with this, uh, look at Bobby Ryan and what he's done, Eddie. Um, I mean, he came back and got that hat trick. And I, I don't blame you or anybody out there for getting emotional about this. Yeah, I mean, I was getting emotional for other reasons. Uh, I uh, just honestly, like, hearing his story and, and knowing him a little bit personally, a um, little backstory, uh, the guys I played with, uh, 
uh, growing up. Uh, there's a lot of guys that played semi-pro and pro hockey, and they knew him personally. Um, uh, another backstory uh, uh, before I get into to my my story. Uh, I had some friends that played, you know, some high competitive hockey, and they played with Patrick Maroon. And my buddy, I remember a few years ago, posted a, a clip of Patrick Maroon, like when he first got traded for the Ducks, like hitting the Ducks. And I made a comment like, "Oh, f Maroon, blah blah blah." And then Maroon's brother comes in and starts talking crap to me, like it was just funny on Facebook. And then he ends up DMing me and just, you know, and we're just talking, just you know, like hey, like, squashing it. We're just being hockey fans, and my, and it's just. The circles I grew around with, I, I was a shitty hockey player, and I'm still am right now. I just I played for fun. I, I never was good. I played with way better players than I should have. But those same players that I played with, they knew Bobby Ryan personally. They played with him in Narch, and they knew his situation. And um, meeting Bobby Ryan for the first time, I, I mentioned the friends that we we knew, and uh, he was just great about it. He he, he knew my, you know all the friends I knew. We talked about hockey when I first met him. Um, my first year in Colorado, I went to a Ducks and Abs game, and he was out there with his family. Um, I went down there, and he still remembered me from uh, months ago. And he's like, "Hey, yeah, you're Richard, the Army guy." Which my first name is Richard. Uh, he, he called me down there and just talked to me like I was just a person. Um, what I got emotional about is the story that if you guys haven't read, how he had to deal with the abusive father. Um, I had to deal with that growing up. Like I had a, a, a father that was alcoholic and he was abusive to my mother and i i went through hell and back like living in a, a car in a motel with my mom um it's not something i like to sit there and you know kind of throw out there and hey feel sorry for me kind of story but like his story kind of like reached me a little bit and, and it kind of hurts a little bit i'm glad that um i was able to rectify the relationship with my father and he was uh he apologized and he changed for the better but like I can still like sympathize what Bobby Ryan has gone through, and and not the extreme that he's gone through, but I, I can still relate to it. And I mean, seeing him score the hat trick and him go out there and, and admit that he had a problem and he's changing it, uh, it, it's 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 not easy. Like I had a I had an alcohol problem in Colorado, where I was just I was downing bottles just just to block out, wake up to down bottles again and do the same thing. It's not easy to overcome. I'm glad that I can drink in moderate now, and I don't have to do that and be that person in Colorado again. But I, I think it's important for me to share that on the show because I want to be as uh, as honest as much as I can in this show. And you know, it's just it, this his story. Uh, his story still uh, affects me, and he's an inspiration and. Uh, thank you, Mike, for letting me ramble on about this <laughs> and cutting me off when I was uh, tearing up and crying about that. But it's not something that that I, I'm proud of, but I am proud of because I can overcome it and I know where he's coming from. And, and, and I know a lot of people uh, are going through that, too. And I'm just I'm glad that I, I can drink in moderate now. I can I can be normal and I can have that forgiveness. And I'm glad that seeing a player that um that I, I have a personal connection with where I can contact if I want from friends and talk to him. Uh, he, he's willing to be strong enough to admit that 
it, it, the platform he has, especially playing in Canada, and he can come back and have those three goals and and show uh, people like me and people like us, whoever's going to that. Hey, you know what? You can do it, and you can be that inspiration, and you can, you know, just no matter how far you're down, there's always a way to climb up. I think you hit the nail on the head there at the end, Eddie. Um, as far as I know, we've talked about stuff before offline and different things like that. And you're right, as far as coming back from stuff that he had to deal with, obviously with his parents' situation, the alcohol situation. And I deal with people that have these kind of issues all the time. That's what I, I do in my, my, my real job, I guess you could say, because obviously I do this on the side and this doesn't pay the bills. Trust me, it doesn't. But I enjoy doing it and I enjoy the interaction with all the fans and whatnot that we have through the show and through the website as well. So absolutely uh the fact that he overcame that the fact that you overcame that i mean it's huge and it gives hope there's a lot of stuff out there a lot of people are going through things i see it all the time on social media there's people i know right now that are going through things that uh, have to relate around the issue of alcohol as well so we we joke about in the beginning you know that oh we have a drink and and we do the podcast yeah we do i mean we don't get crazy we're not passed out drunk but um, we do joke about it here and there, maybe a little bit, but we understand that certain people out there have an issue with it. Uh, there's certain things that happen, whether it's being in the service or something with a, a loved one, whether it's a, a parent or a sibling or a relationship. So it completely makes sense. So it, it's a good story, though, for Bobby Ryan. And if you love the sport of hockey, it's great that he came back. I, I'm glad he's back on the ice. I'm glad he got that hat trick. That was amazing. I still wish she was a duck, which that's not going to happen, but uh, it's a good feel-around story, and there's a few of those throughout the league. Uh, you know, Eddie also talked about the Carolina Hurricanes as well, so uh, there's some good stuff going on. But um, with that, you know, we hope uh, we'll see you at the watch party. Like I said, Eddie and I are going to keep doing uh, shows every week till the season ends, and then we'll kind of space it out at the end of the season. But uh, we love you guys. We thank you for the support, and let's go Ducks.